welcome to Anything Matters. I'm Elwin. I'm Marvin. And this is the show where we talk about anything for anyone. Okay, hi guys. So we are back and this time we are talking about traveling. So with the coming of phase two, we have seen traveling starting to emerge again, right Elwin? Uh, a bit lah, not really a much. Bit la. I think mostly for like businesses or like more important kind of Traveling. Uh. Yeah, more essential travel. Yeah. Uh. Since traveling has slowed down dramatically during this period, we might as well talk about traveling and some of our past memorable or unique traveling experience we had. Uh. I mean, since we can't go traveling. Cannot. Yeah. The Wanderlust is, is yeah, being. Gotta talk about the Wanderlust. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who, who wants to go back to traveling, uh, you know, leisure traveling again. Hope you guys will be inspired to visit, uh, I, I don't know, some of our places that we have been. And, you know, once the traveling restrictions eases off. Lah. So, I mean, you couldn't go for your graduation trip, right? But pretty sure you had amazing experiences such as exchange and, and stuff like that, right? So, care to elaborate? <laughs> oh, damn. Ken, if you want to start with me. Uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I was supposed to go on a grad trip with uh, some of my friends as most university students would have done we had to cancel so of course right now it's a throwback uh, down memory lane and the most memorable kind of experiences is during exchange as what marvin said in uh, 2018 which was about august to december so i was actually in korea then i was based in busan national university so i'm not sure if anybody knows but it's basically in busan lah. and so i was actually away from the capital and i chanced upon this beautiful place right it's actually not even in korea it was actually next door in japan and this island is called tsushima island so i'm not sure if i pronounce it 100 correct but it's a it's a really small very remote island that is actually Two hours ferry right away from the Busan Harbour. I think it cost about a hundred ish dollars, Singapore dollars, to like for two ways actually. It was quite cheap. And you have to take the boat in like early morning, reach there, and I basically did it in a solo travel style because I was trying to ask for people to go with me like one week before I went off. And I felt like it was something very unique, very different kind of destination because it's super rural. Uh, there's almost like no city life there and it's really very peaceful so i was very intrigued by it so this island is actually in between korea and japan uh, right it's a very small yeah it's a very small fishing island or what kind of island is it like why do you choose to travel this place where you know where nobody wanted to follow you (laughs) 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 okay because how i stumbled upon it right it's like it wasn't even part of the original destination that i had in mind i was doing google maps uh. initially i wanted to go to fukuoka because that was like the mainland and it's like happening Mm, and mm. stuff Yep. I did went to la, and then when I scroll up, like literally just a bit more up, right? And suddenly there's this island here, and then it's in all Japanese words. And suddenly it says Tsushima, and I was like quite curious about it. So I went to Google, and actually it's not like a dead place. It's actually there's an actual town, there's like people there, there's buses, there's taxis, and etc. So it's like a very simple kind of place, and and I really love the nature there lah, because it's just something totally different from what you see in Korea. Because in Korea, okay, one thing to note is that because that was towards the end of my exchange, so I actually seen quite a bit of like a few Korean places, even the rural parts of Korea and like the city and all that. So I sort of wanted something very different, and I was hoping to have a friend come with me lah, because I thought can like you know two people or like at least I won't feel so lonely or <laughs> exposed. But like, 
was it because can like you know have something some unique experiences lah but then unfortunately it was too last minute so I just cut off that expectation and I just told myself like you know it, this is now or never lah really I took a weekend and one or two days off because I had an extra day off in school so I basically just YOLO lah just book an Airbnb there and speaking of the Airbnb right it's basically one of the best Airbnb hosts ever lah Unfortunately, I forgot his name already. But if I check my Airbnb, he should, he should have lah. Oh yeah, how Japanese. good! How how grateful you! I put five star rating all right, serious. I wrote a long ass like two three paragraphs to really praise him and all that. But because the thing is that right, Tsushima Island, what is so called normal about it, right? The, the common thing uh, is that a lot of Korean people will go there, because it's like how Singaporeans go to Bintan and Batam like that. When I went there, right, the first thing that struck me was right, everything was in the harbour area lah, so that's where a bit more touristy, where there's a little bunch of shops and stuff, right? Everything was either Korean or Japanese. So, I budgeted about, for five days lah, about 300 sing dollars worth. So, it's about 3,000 yen like that, because I don't expect myself to shop in the first place. It's just uh, eating, staying there, and maybe transport and stuff. So, I didn't spend much. And the best part is that, that was, by that time, I was actually learning basic Korean lah, and I was learning super basic like i can only read off the thing and like i don't even know what how to say a lot of the full sentences but i know a few phrases so it was basically a mess because i cannot speak japanese i cannot speak korean so i'm not here not there and i'm just some dumbass running around <laughs> trying to speak to people uh. and so this airbnb host right the special thing was that he speak english so that was the number one reason why i chose and he actually knows how to speak korean after that, I sat down with him like, the first day. So I sat down with him for like an hour and he was super nice. He was like telling me his whole life, basically some life summary. And essentially, he stayed in Seoul for like five years because of work with his wife. And then they're both Japanese. So he knows perfect Korean. He knows perfect Japanese. And then he studied English, I think, in somewhere in the West. Lah, like I think US or UK, I forgot. And then because of that, he was actually very surprised when we met because he's like, oh my God, I can finally speak English again. <laughs> yeah, I was really quite touched lah, like to be so lucky to find someone like that and on top of that he's super generous uh, like he suddenly just brought me out for lunch because he was like oh uh, i can bring you to this restaurant like it's quite nice let's go together then i can drive you there also because that was the thing to know is that the island right there's almost no public transport so the bus comes at like every three hours like that, or two hours so like driving is the best way to do it yeah, but obviously i don't have a driver license that time so we had a lunch there and wow it's really damn good i don't know how to describe it on a podcast uh, but <laughs> the food was damn good yeah it was really really damn good <laughs> Yeah, and super, super chill because we just sat there, then he helped me order and stuff. Then like, he introduced me to the island in English, but right? So it's like super, super easy. Lah. He just helped me plan everything. Yeah, so essentially, I thought I had a plan, but he basically said, okay, just go to these places and then like, you know, if you plan to do this, you can actually try this and all that. So like, fantastic, lah, really. That's a fantastic host. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are the main attractions in Tsushima and like the season that you were traveling, was it cold? And does it actually affect your traveling experience in Tsushima, especially when you were traveling solo? Yeah, so that period was December, early December. So it's basically winter for them. And it was hovering around 0 to 5 degrees in the day, like afternoon, daytime, with sunlight, everything. It's pretty cold. And it was very windy because it's an island. It's an island and basically I was dying, honestly. Because... I wear the whole ensembles, yeah, the jacket, all the glove, the hat, everything, right? I come out, right? I still feel like super numb sometimes, the fingers and all. It was horrible. Honestly, like, okay, walking there was really horrible. And like the town was one of the attractions because you have to understand it's really rural. Like. So the Airbnb place that I stayed was this really nice multi-story mansion, three stories kind of stuff. And 
super super lucky right I forgot to say this but he said the host told me the whole place actually booked with Koreans no not all but like half the place was booked but all of them cancelled at the last minute towards the day I came so essentially I had the whole three stories to myself and like that house fantastic la. like got bathtub all then got the, the everything damn clean la, damn sweet and then the mattress has like heating also he said yeah so like I could just use it every night and then damn shook really yeah anyway moving on to attractions the first one is of course the port itself because where I, basically where I took the ferry right was that little town so there's this bus interchange and then around the area is like all these shops that sell like food and all that so I tried the takoyaki then got like spam and then got like this little pachinko place which was quite surprising because like I thought pachinko is only for the city but the island also have so I think the gambling never stops I mean they got to get their entertainment uh, no matter (laughs) I guess once you're done fishing then you have to go into the pachinko to retire for the night yeah and and they have a a lot a lot of fishing so like when you come out of the port, right, you have this whole straight bunch of rows and rows of like fishing boats, very small fishing boats and um, trawlers, uh, those with, you know, with like, the lights and all that. So it, it was quite cool. And then the there was this little restaurant uh, that was like serving soba noodles and, and very homely kind of stuff. So it was fantastic. Like that town is fantastic. But it was only like 2km uh, that distance. 1km like uh, that. So you walk a bit, uh, finish already. Yeah, it's pretty chill. And he... Brought me to a, a little hill la, the first day. So after that lunch thing, right? That was day one, right? So after lunch, makan mm. ready, sit down, talk talk, and all. Then after that, he's like, hey, come on, since you you want to go to the hill, then let me drive you there also la, because the, it's very hard to get transport. Then I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> How melted, bro. The weather warm already like that. From two degrees become 20 already. Then like, the thing about the drives there right, is super chill because the speed limits are like 30 to 50km only. And Japanese people drive very steadily, la, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So like, it was super chill. Like, I just sit down there, right, I just look outside the window and, and the scenery. Then you just immediately see rows and rows of ocean and like hills and stuff. So it was fantastic. Yeah, it's there, beautiful. And uh, once you reach there, then, like walk around, see the view together. Then she start explaining to me like, oh, this part is actually Busan. Then this part is like which part of Korea. And then actually this part is Fukuoka and stuff. Cause it's like a lookout. Wow, it's really amazing. I don't know how to describe. It. It's really like unforgettable. Uh, this kind of thing. I have to pull out the videos lah. <laughs> so how are people able to go to Tsushima? Do they travel to Fukuoka? Would it be better or or travel to Busan first then they take the ferry? Yeah, it depends. If you are coming from Busan. Okay, because the, the thing to know about Busan is that the airport is um, not very international. Busan airport itself. Okay, but let's not, let's not talk about airport. Like, let's say you're in Busan already, right? You have to take a train all the way to the ferry station, which is something like from Singapore, like you go to Vivo City like that. Like you have to go all the way down to the southern part. So it's like a bit out of the way, the train. But of course, Korean trains are faster. So if you don't mind, it's actually okay. And then after that, the boat takes about two hours, like I said. But the issue is the timing is very limited for Busan ferries. So you have to plan ahead. Like, I took the 7am ferry, 7.30am ferry or something. So I had to walk, wake up at like 5-ish. Yeah, in the cold winter with my luggage bag all. <laughs> and that's the issue. So because it's only morning ferry and evening ferry. So to save the time, I took the morning ferry. If you're talking about Fukuoka, I'm thinking there should be more ferries. Because Fukuoka is a city also. And the ferry from Fukuoka to... Tsushima Island is about 1 hour 10 minutes. It's a bit shorter. So that's so-called the advantage la, if you're coming from Japan. And the price-wise is probably a bit cheaper because it's near. Yeah, And you probably have more options also because you have more Japanese ferries. For Busan, is I took the Japanese ferry, like Japanese company one, la, but there were other Korean ferries that had very bad timings. 
yeah, like afternoon, this kind of stuff. So it's really see where you want to start from, law, in terms of like if you're based there or not. You cannot fly in, uh, for sure. If you're flying in, speaking of flying in, there is actually an airport. Yes, I recall. Well, that was something I found out in day three. Uh, like I was on the way back and then the bus cuts through this tiny airport in the in the island. Like out of nowhere, this little, little airport, like with only two runways or something. Yeah, so it was quite cool. Probably that's domestic. Uh. Yeah, so maybe you can consider that also. Pretty cool, pretty cool. I think besides that, within the island travel is really quite difficult, la, which was what my host got it right. La. And he was very nice to give me like this whole schedule of bus timings on every single stop in Tsushima Island. So like, if I wanted to go this destination, right, the attraction, I can basically plan my time out quite properly because I know how to go to the bus stop and all that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty cool. So I think that really challenged me a lot because I had to force myself to run around with the timing and all. And I think there was this particular mountain that I wanted to climb, right? And bloody hell, the bus, like, I almost missed the bus, uh, but I got it. Took almost two hours to reach the place. Then I had to... Because at first, the host told me to take a cab from the bus stop. But I realized when I got off, right, it's uh, morning, uh, and the cabs are not as frequent as Singapore. Uh, so there was basically nothing to take the cab up to the mountain. Almost dies, yeah. Not say really lah, but it was. But the view was worth it lah. But I oh, really died there. It was really fantastic. And but overall, like the solo experience is really quite exciting ah. Cause you basically can do anything you want ah. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, taking photo is an issue lah. <laughs> I'm sure we all can agree ah. <laughs> and I think also the cold weather really screws up your iPhone ah. I had to permanently charge my phone at all times, and it dies very fast without the portable charger. Yeah. So be prepared lah for that kind of issues. I think another, one of the more memorable things I did also from solo traveling, you, you get to see random stuff that you never really have time for like, with friends. Like, you know, sometimes you go with friends, you probably prefer to have some destinations. But for me, it was really just an entire journey. Like, especially roaming around from unexpected places, from like the attraction, for example, I'm waiting for the bus, right? I'll just walk around like quite a distance into like some neighborhood, right? And it's super peaceful. It's damn amazing. Really damn fantastic. I, I don't know how to describe it anymore, but it's, <laughs> it's really quite memorable. So it's very simple. It, in a way, it's boring because you don't have a lot of activities. But on the flip side, I really did get to chill out. Lah. And I think you really get a lot of peace of mind also. You don't have to worry about talking to people and stuff. So if you're an introvert and all that, it's fantastic. Lah. Yeah, but I think enough about me. Lah. Let's move on to Brother Marvin. Lah. I think you're itching to <laughs> share some experiences, lah, yeah. right? I mean, Tsushima is such a unique you know, place where seldom people talk about it. But for myself, I have a place where I want to talk about, but it's a place where almost everyone knows, not like Tsushima, but what I want to emphasize is that we tend to go to places as a tourist. But for myself, I went to Hanoi last year. So when I was in Hanoi, I was actually doing a business placement, more of like an internship for an accounting firm in, in Hanoi. Okay, it was my first time going to Vietnam, like, you know, I, I keep hearing people going to Ho Chi Minh and all the touristy areas. Uh, but Hanoi, not so much. I, I don't really hear a lot of people going to Hanoi also because probably um, it's less developed, nothing much to do as compared to Ho Chi Minh. Mm-hmm. But when I went to Hanoi, right, because it was my first time, then I was staying in a place that is so off the city center, which is even more or less developed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because Hanoi is really oh. not... Yeah. 3.5 wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, because yeah, I, I stayed at that place, firstly, because of the, the cost of the Airbnb, I, I had to stay for about four months of, of Airbnb. And it's also quite near to the office 
area of mine. Uh. Yeah, so the place where I stay was actually like really, really local. It's where legit you don't really see any tourists at all. And like no drunken westerners and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but where I stay was in an alley, you know, like the the classic... Back alley kind of place. Uh, yeah, the back alley. turn the in, then suddenly got like alley, five houses those in the traditional bank. kind where, where mm. it's only... The lane is just nice for two motorcycles to drive side by side. It's skinny, ah, the lane. You cannot even cannot even fit the car inside the kind. And and like um once once you reach like 10 p.m. right, the, the whole alley is dark, ah, So so oh, best scary. so best is is you come back before 10 p.m. and uh yeah, but I tend I tend to come back after 10 p.m. You know, like just to travel the area and stuff. Then I had sure. to bring up my I had to bring up my torchlight and to, to shine the whole alley. <laughs> Damn scary. <laughs> But I think this kind of experience right, is is something that as tourists right, we, we tend to go to the more flashy, more atas kind of places. But the thing that I found uh traveling solo in in Hanoi for three to four months is that this kind of places right, I think is worth to take the time off to go la, um, in your travel plans. I know maybe as a traveler you you only have three or four days, but I think uh what I learned from this experience right is that. As tourists, right, maybe not just choose the top 10 places to go in this city, but try to dig deeper, to go to those places where, you know, only locals know, you know, I, I'm pretty sure with the advancement of search engines and stuff, you can actually find such places. Uh, like, for example, Elvin, you came to visit me about for about four four days or so, right, uh, yeah, in Hanoi, uh, towards the end <laughs> of my, yeah, towards the end of my internship. Uh, and... Actually, half of the itinerary that I brought you around, right, was really very local, aside from mm. the, the touristy area. But the local area, right, is the one that they are more memorable. Lah. But, of course, some of the more touristy area, like the drinking street, the... The egg coffee, the cafes, yeah. the railway station, all the more, you know, the local the area. Places, yeah, the more prominent places. Yeah, the more prominent places. And... Like, you know, those kind of uh, local activities, like those local cafes. Like, the, oh, the street the, shops. Uh, yeah, right. those street shops. Show. Wow, those, yeah, those, show. Are the, those are the best ones. Uh. Yeah, and, it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, I would say that traveling solo, that was my first time traveling solo as well uh, in Hanoi. Like, in a place where it's so unfamiliar and, and you don't know the language and some of the roads are, are not even built properly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, right, I mean, if you guys want to challenge yourself, you know, instead of going to those very well-developed kind of places, just challenge yourself and try to roam around. If you guys have time, uh, you know, like, you, you guys have enough of the city life, enough of the luxurious life, then try to go to... <laughs> try to choose luxurious? To to, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> Not me, lah. No, us, bro. <laughs> yeah. But try to go to these kind of places and, and see, you know, see how how they how they live their life, uh. I think it's very eye-opening, uh, in a sense. I mean, even though it's Hanoi, even though everyone knows where Hanoi is, but people only know, you know, the old quarter, just that the city centre, yeah, right. the classic places. But try to go to off the beaten path, and this applies to not only Hanoi but anywhere actually. So, in terms of traveling solo, right, I kind of share the same experience as you, Erin, in terms of taking photo. You don't really have, <laughs> but but then again, right, but then again. Um, the people in Hanoi, right? and I think people almost everywhere, lah. I'm not sure for Singapore, but <laughs> <laughs> what are we? <laughs> yeah, bro. But the people in Hanoi, right? They are really, really funny. Like, obviously, I don't know the uh, Vietnamese language, but every time I go to those kind of local shops, like right, near my area, uh, those those outside the city area, then they only have 
local local stuff lah, right? Yeah, they only have those authentic local stuff, and the menu is all in Vietnamese. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. So the first month, right? Obviously, I I don't even know what what the cursive uh man and how to <laughs> yeah how to pronounce uh. So actually, I met this guy in the in one of the shop. Actually, this this was in my first week of oh. of stepping into Hanoi. Yeah, I haven't even started my internship yet. So <laughs> I was in this cafe, right? Then I met this guy. So he was alone using phone. Then I don't really know how to read all the menu stuff. Uh. I just casually walk out of him and ask him. Uh, I try like I was hoping he could speak some English. And actually he could. So lucky me. So I was like my table was beside his table in in Italy. So he actually explained to me the stuff. And then he so after the meal right, he said, hey, uh, are you new here? Then I said yeah. Then I said I, I come here for work and stuff. Then he said how about I bring you to old quarter and show you around. What then, a lad uh. Wow. Then I was like, this guy quite trustworthy la. So, yeah. so I just go with him uh. So he took me on his motorcycle. So that was my first time on on a motorcycle like as a passenger as well in Not in the, the busy streets of Hanoi. Wow, really hectic the streets. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can remember. <laughs> so so he he took me around Old Quarter, which is like the city center, the touristy mm. area. Mm. Then he took me around until after dinner. Then he sent me back to my house also. What a and, man. And yeah, and I think uh, I still kept I still kept in touch with him until my last day. Mm. Uh, like I say bye and stuff. I'm I'm going back to Singapore. Wow. Yeah. So I think this kind of experience is it's really, fantastic. Eh? Really. really really memorable. Like I think the next time I go back to Hanoi, I will definitely find him again. Yeah, so he, course, he he bring yeah. you around longer than my Airbnb host. Eh? <laughs> yeah yeah, actually, actually. like I I think I met him in four months. Right? I think I met him like twice a month. That kind like even more than wow. my Singapore friends. Hey, and of shit. course, I met some of my really good friends in Hanoi also, and they are not my colleagues. Like, just yeah. randomly, just randomly, some you know, strangers I, are, right? yeah, some strangers are, and and they turn out to be really good friends also. So this kind of thing, as a solo traveler, right, you you'll be forced to step out of your comfort zone to make new friends instead of like traveling with your close friend, talking to your close friend for the full holiday, and then you know you never really know the other culture, you never really know the other you know the other side of the country that you're traveling la. so i felt that solo traveling this is the essence of solo traveling la. actually to experience the country that you're traveling 100 percent like the, of, in their shoes right yeah correct instead of just going to the country just trying your best to fulfill all the bucket list mm. and then you come back to singapore and then you think oh I've traveled this, I've traveled that. Stay with photos that you saw already. You realize, oh, actually, I don't really know the country very well. I just went to the top 10 places. <laughs> yeah, bro, I, if Hidden Place, it might be your top 11. Uh. Uh, yeah, bro. <laughs> Hidden Street. <laughs> Hidden. <laughs> but because I visited Marvin, like what he said, towards the end. So, because that period of time, he was still working on some of the weekdays. So, he gave me some places to go alone. And then, like, for example, I finished this uh, museum of, uh, I forgot what it's called, etymology or something. Oh, no, no, anthropology, sorry. So, I learned about all this stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Then I was like, okay, finish already. Then I come out, right? I was just exploring, like, the neighborhood areas. And you, you really get to see a different side. La. It's really just it's something very unique to yourself. And you just soak up everything, right, without your cameras and stuff. And it really hits you very different. Like, somehow it just feels very real. Yeah, it's not something very, like, mechanical to do. And um, I think very similarly, the, the, the kind of uh, adventurous kind of spirit is really quite important. Uh, because, like, when I was alone for that period of time, went to eat, like, this random noodle shop outside the house or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, outside my, my street, is it? Yeah, yeah, like just the alley. coming out the alleyway. Then there's this auntie that's been like selling, I don't even know what is it called, but like this 
seafood noodle thing. Some, some spicy clam some rice noodle <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah, is that, it's that, just is that like spicy. outside my alley only. They don't even have like a proper kitchen. Just set up a, a tent and a couple Pot. of stools. Yeah, outside the outside my house. <laughs> yeah, squatting around. Everybody's squatting around in like yeah. office attire. Apparently it's yeah. like some local place. Uh. So like I was like alone. I couldn't even order in proper Vietnamese because I was like, trying to read the thing. Then like, I was like, uh, just one. Then she was like, but she was super friendly. La. Like she was smiling and everything. Then she was, oh, then just ask me to sit down and all. Like very, very friendly. La. So really damn delicious, uh, the noodle. Like it's because I brought you to eat there also. So like, it was the end. La. But like when I was eating myself also, I was like, wow, damn sure. It's, I don't even know how they do it. La. But they really nail the local food damn well. And even eating alone and all that, you get to see all these sights and sounds, right? And, yeah. and you're just very homely, lor. Yeah, it's very warm. Yeah, like, I mean, staying at the house for three to four months, there's so many things to explore. I mean, even Elwin yourself, you have explored these kind of places where I haven't explored yet, and you actually brought me to this kind of place to eat. Yeah, and yeah. so there's so many things to explore as you travel alone and you travel off the beaten track. Yeah. And this is something that um I guess the traveling experience is unique to each and every one of us. Uh. Yeah, yeah, correct. And not every plan has to be according to plan law. Like mm. okay, I mean you can have a plan and all I which was what I kind of picked out along the way because when I initially had a few things off the bucket list in Tsushima Island also, right? So I showed it to my host, right? And then he was giving me a lot of input and suggestion on like how do you go about it? Because some places are in the north, some places are in the south, that kind of stuff. Then you can work your way around it law with all this timing and because you know on the ground what is going to happen and how is it like. So you really know how to fill your time also. And that is where these off the beaten path things happen because you kind of have that little bit of free time or you, like, you can just find a place that's just further off from the tourist destination and then all of a sudden you stumble upon like, for example, I just stumbled upon like a temple and then I was stumbling upon like a few soba shops and stuff uh, in one of the port cities. So there's a northern port and the southern port. I went to the southern port that time. Like I just walked down all the way this expressway because I was like, I, I still have two hours before the bus comes. So I just walked all the way down before sunset. I was uh, hitting into this huge parking lot and then there's this one tiny supermarket down there that sells like sashimi fish and all that. So all the seafood and everything. And wow, it's really damn delicious. Like... I don't know how to say, but it's really fresh, like ultimate fresh, because you know it's fried Straight at the ocean. Straight from the sea, bro. Straight from the ocean. And like, because you see like, you know like NTC, they sell sometimes the sushi, sashimi fish, right? The slices in the packet, right? They literally sell the same thing. But it really is, you can just taste the ocean. In Singapore, I don't know, it's just different. But over there, we eat, right? And somewhere there was like freezing weather. I was eating that alone. Lah. And I just sat down at this bunch of rocks, right? That were facing the sea. So I was below the expressway. It's like, Amazing lah. <laughs> yeah, but it was really fantastic. Like, it was so random, but it was really delicious. I paid only like $4 for that, for that little plate of sashimi. Unforgettable. Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is, it's unforgettable, but I guess the con to solo traveling is that although unforgettable, you, you cannot really share this yeah. moment with, with someone lah. So Struggling I think that is the con. <laughs> that is the con. Because, I mean, you and I and one of our other good friend, Jonathan... We shout out to Jonathan. Yep, shout out. Who is actually very busy running a bakery. Yeah. So actually, we were army mates for... One and a half years. Uh. Yeah, one and a half years. And when we actually ORD, we planned and went to Japan in 2016. Wow. Our first ever trip to Japan, all yeah, of us. Four years. Four years. Four years. Shout out to the four years anniversary. Uh. And we... Because, okay, uh, okay, Elvin, you got this wrong, but I actually went Japan before, before, so it was my second time in Japan, yeah, so it was my second time in Japan, and 
I didn't want to... Of course, you cannot really fully explore Japan. Like, you cannot really finish exploring Japan. Because Japan True. is so big and there's so many things to do. Yeah. So, of course, I took the lead in planning. But I wanted mm. to let Elwin and Jonathan experience the the main the attractions. Yeah, the main attractions of, of Japan. But I also wanted to go to the lesser known areas, uh. And because we were we were going there in spring, so uh, there's a lot of spring festivals, and one of them. One <laughs> <laughs> the best, bro. <laughs> yeah, what, that was one of the best ever, and it was actually how many hours traveling to Mount Takayama? I mean, four, uh, five, four six? hours by bullet train, almost yeah. four. Five, then after train. you have to take another train. There's another two hours or something, right? Then we reach yes. this this super ulu rural kind of of area, but there's still a lot of tourists actually mm. just that lesser than than the main cities are. and the spring festival was amazing and the, the air was the air fresh was so, so fresh crisp it's like even fresher than singapore air like even you thought singapore very clean right but you go to the mountains in takayama right i don't know it's just like it's like water everywhere i don't know it's just fresh mist and like and you can really see the the traditional housing like it's just straight up from the movie with cherry blossoms and stuff like that and like a beautiful canal cutting through. Wow, amazing. Gentle splashing of the water. <laughs> yeah, so I guess if you guys happen to have like-minded friends that wants to travel, you know, to lesser known areas, just go ahead. I mean, it's something that will be really unforgettable. Yeah, of course. And of course, on top of the solo travel thing and finding like-minded friends, it's also about the journey la, sometimes because like we also stumbled upon a lot of stuff even though it was not really part of our plan. Like even Mount Takayama itself, like we were just walking through this little like night market and all during the festival because we thought it was just a... Because the main attraction of the spring festival itself, which is the annual thing, is that the families, uh, different families in the village, they bring out this huge... I don't know how to describe it. Like, like you remember, right, that huge uh, cut and all the carriages and stuff. So yeah, yeah. It's their own like statues of the ancestor and all that. And it's basically, if put it more simply for Singapore terms, it's like a chingay. <laughs> Imagine a chingay, like but then family it's, float. It's, correct. It's like a ancestral kind of thing. So it's super super significant for everybody. It, it has a lot of meaning, uh, And like you get to see all the creativity coming out because you have all these aesthetics and like the design and all that. And then they cut through the main so-called this long stretch of road. So we were walking around. The main street of the village, right? Correct, correct. And And you can literally see the three generations, like the kids, the small little kids uh, on the float. Then like the grandfather and the father are pulling the the float and stuff like that. Wow, that is amazing. Wow, fuse, bro. (laughs) With all that kind of stuff in mind, in like our, how is that called, in our recesses of the memory, all right, I think like, it's the reason why we wanted to go back also. La. Like, when we came back, we couldn't stop raving. Like, yeah, even now- really. Even after four years, we three could just, you know, gather and, and talk about the past. La. And I think this is something that solo traveling, you, you really wouldn't get. I think, like, I mean, whatever kind of travel you, you do uh, in the end, it's really about how best you want to maximize the experience. Uh. Uh, of course, with solo travel, it's a good thing to take some time off for yourself, do things that... um. You don't have to share everything. I mean, basically, that's what solo travel is for. You don't have and to accommodate to other people's interests. Uh, in right? a way, yes. And also, in another way, you get to have your own memories. You get to meet... You get to get out of your comfort zone. You meet totally new people, like how I meet strangers, how you meet strangers also in Vietnam. And that's something really quite special also because you get to be more independent uh, in some way with language barriers even. And I think traveling with friends is always fun. Like, like I always, always want to travel with friends. It's really fun, but... 
uh, that's where you have to make sure that you guys have a proper sort of ground rules uh, because some people have like, oh, I want to share money for this in a money pot or like, do people want to have different plans or do they want to go solo on certain days? I mean, that's all the kind of small things you have to settle first uh, and uh, try to resolve any issues before they crop up. And you definitely have a good time because, uh, for example, some things you have to do group activities in to enjoy. Uh. Like, for example, when we were in Japan that time, we go like, if we were going drinking alone versus going drinking like with <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Especially our day one, uh, bro, if, if you remember the izakaya all. And then, wow. memories, bro, in a cold spring. <laughs> That, that was that was actually quite tough because it was a super local izakaya. Like legit is where the Japanese salary men after they finish their work they go there. We didn't even see any foreigners at all. Yeah. And the menu right is literally just read off the wall in the Japanese language. Wooden tablets, right? Is it? Yeah, the wooden tablets. So you know, so it was yeah. quite a struggle. Although I did learn Japanese, but some of the kanji is really too hard. Like and it's quite cursive. Yeah. So oh. I don't know what what are they. Yeah. So stress yeah. So lucky, lucky we actually, you know, met this uh, Bangladeshi staff mm. who speaks really good Japanese and passable perfect English. English. <laughs> okay lah, not not perfect but passable like he yeah actually he could converse with us quite well. <laughs> it was so perfect we, for the moment yeah. la. <laughs> I mean that's the beauty of traveling with friends also because uh, although we didn't really know what we ordered because his translation wasn't that good also like he couldn't really translate translate the exact dish la. but. When we were sharing the bar items, right? Uh, it's something that as a solo traveler is a bit hard because you are just one person, and I mean it goes to say for all kinds of uh F and B kind of activities, uh, where you travel but you want to experience the local food, but you are just alone. So it's either you make lots of new friends <laughs> and you just gather them <laughs> together, or, or you know. Actually, actually, that's what I did for my Hanoi also because I, I did work in a local firm, right? So occasionally, some of my colleagues, I would just show some of my colleagues out, hey, tonight, we, the five of us, let's just go. Then I said, I don't know. I said, I'm the host though, but I say I don't know where to go. Can you all bring me where to go? Then they were like, yeah, because obviously I don't know where to go, right? Because I'm not local. So I was like, can you guys just bring me anyway? I just want to sample like the authentic uh, Vietnamese food. Then they, they are really super happy about that. Uh. But what are the chances if, if you are just traveling for, for four days, they kind of solo, you know? So this kind of thing, you got to take note also. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's just what kind of experience you want. Uh, and yeah, true. There's a lot of trade. There's kind of a bit of a trade-off, but I would say everything is positive experience so far. So hopefully this little bit of uh, throwback down memory lane will kind of trigger your traveling inspiration or whatever and this little episode can increase the travel revenue la, for the airplanes <laughs> <laughs> stay strong airplanes stay <laughs> strong uh, stay strong la, guys traveling right now I don't think is still safe for sure and la. although it's less strict than compared to circuit breaker yes. but try not to travel now I, I heard that Try not to travel until the end of this year. La. I mean, I heard, yeah. la, but just stay strong and, and relieve your memories. Just for yourself. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, all, that's all we can do now, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I agree. La. As in, I personally, I'm super bummed to not travel this year, but as in this summer, but because I'm telling myself to basically hold off everything until the end of the year and see how. And we'll see how it goes next year. La. But in a way, on the flip side, you get to save a lot of money. La, and maybe we can be our own tourists in our homeland. La, because honestly, Singapore has a lot of surprises sometimes. La. <laughs> <laughs> can try, la, can try. But don't have too high hopes. La. Yeah. <laughs> 
and thank you all for listening to us. So stay safe, stay strong, stay home, listen to us. Uh. <laughs> Take care and goodbye. Thank you. Bye-bye.